On this episode of Three Bros Sports Podcast, brought to you by Anchor FM, we go over to Houston Astros scandal. Colin Kaepernick's workout coming back to the league. Our first call-in interview, Week Twelve matchups, and also Thursday night picks. But first, shut up and sit down. Welcome back to another episode of Three Bros Sports Podcast. I'm Connor. I'm Calvin. Marcellus. <laughs> I like that one. And it's just three college kids you can go on about sports forever. Going from our last podcast, we talked about a lot of things in the news world, especially like Colin Kaepernick's workout. But there was one thing that we missed. We will go over Kaepernick's workout in a minute. One thing we didn't go over was the Houston Astros scandal. And for anybody living under a rock or doesn't know anything in the sports world. So just to summarize the Houston Astros scandal, during the 2017 season, they had a camera placed in center field to be able to read pitches. So whenever it was an off-speed pitch, that camera would then be relayed to a computer inside the Houston Astros dugout. And whenever they saw the pitch, they were able to read it. They would bang a trash can as a, as a, a sound for the batter to hear. It's an off-speed pitch. And one statistic of a lot of people could say, oh, that's not true. I, I don't know how much I want to buy that. Well, in 2017, the Houston Astros were dead last in swing and misses and strikeout percentages on off-speed pitches, and it was by a wide margin. Uh, I don't have the exact numbers with me right now, but it, it was pretty big. If you want to look it up yourself, you can. So there was another scandal going on as well as the bullpen catcher was playing a role in this, that the bullpen catcher would have his arms up over the warning track onto the fence for a fastball, his arms would be off if it was an off-speed. So it gave a batter two different visuals, one physical, one uh, hearing it. And this is a no-no. In, in, in the game of baseball, cheating never allowed. It should never happen. I'm curious to see what the punishments are. What are you guys' takes on this? I mean, yeah, they cheated. It's not right and all. And should the World Series come into play in that? Maybe, but... If you want to talk about cheating in baseball and everything, you could say the Yankees cheat almost every single year because they always go over the salary cap and everything like that. Yeah, but th- but that's <laughs> different. It's a different type is of it cheating. Though? It's still cheating at the end of the day. Well, luxury cap, if it was cheating, it wouldn't be allowed in the MLB. You have to pay a tough fine if you want to go over it. But I think that's two different versions of cheating. I see what you mean, though. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like baseball is one of those games that, you know, people are going to want to hold it to a higher standard. And, you know, I, while I don't think that taking away the World Series from Houston would necessarily be the right choice, I definitely think that they'll be investigating it more and looking into, you know, possibly fines or oh, yeah. and suspensions just because, you know, it's cheating. Bottom line, cheating is cheating. And, you know, if you're just going to let people get get away with that. It doesn't, it doesn't bode well for your sport. Yeah, there's no way to get around this without any firings or any fines being made. I had one uh, idea for it. I, I'd like to get your guys' takes on it. So as punishment, let's just go back to 2018 when the Atlanta Braves got into a cheating scandal uh, with their prospect pool by giving out extra money on the side to be able to sign prospects. Um, here it is. So they would lose their first-round pick in the draft for the next two years a 5 to $10 million fine, and that fine would have to be taken out of their salary cap. So that would hurt them trying to sign free agents. And also, 
you would lose your top three prospects in the farm system. And one of them is Forrest Whit- uh, Whitley. He's the 16th best prospect in all of baseball, a uh, right-handed pitcher as well. Is, is that too tough of a fine for a team that decided to cheat whenever they were down in close games by tipping off pitches? <laughs> um, I mean, it, yeah, it, cheating's bad. And all, I don't want to sound like Mr. Mackey from <laughs> South Park, but it, it does seem a bit harsh on it because all that on top of each other, that can really cripple a franchise. Well, if you're the Astros, you still have your core pieces. Like, the team is still there. You may be losing Garrett Cole to my Angels, thankfully. But it doesn't seem too harsh in my eyes. I'm just curious about what you guys are thinking. I, I can see how it could be. But at the same time, Houston's known to just pull up a random prospect out of nowhere, and he starts performing like w- so much better than a- anybody thought. Well, that example that you brought up about the Atlanta – um, Atlanta Braves, how did you, or what were they caught doing? Exactly? So they were caught giving out extra money on the side to international prospects, like in the Dominican Republic, Cuba, all those other countries, so they would be able to sign with Atlanta. So they had the advantage of that. So their punishment was they had to get rid of some of their best prospects as a penalty for that. And if they were willing to do that, and the MLBs came out said multiple times that this is going to be a punishment that nobody has seen in a long time if all these reports are true. And it's bad when you have former starting pitchers admitting to this. This isn't some speculation. Players in the organization, former players, uh, former coaches, they all are admitting this is true. It, it, It would make no sense if this was ever a lie. You can go back and listen to the games. You can hear the bang if you're paying close enough attention. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Well, they definitely... You know, the videos I watched definitely highlighted, you know, if you listen close enough, you can hear the banging. But I think it just boils down to, you know, what is more severe of, you know, a cheating scandal? Is it signing players and giving yourself an advantage to bring in these, you know, better players from international, uh, you know, different countries? Or is it, you know, helping yourself in game scenarios, giving yourself that advantage, knowing the pitches? Um they're both bad. I mean, I can't really say which one is worse, but, you know, I think a punishment along the same lines as what the Braves got I don't think is so crazy just because, you know, one can argue that they wouldn't have won the World Series if they, you know, hadn't had this advantage over the other teams. Yeah, and it also now throws into question, uh, let's remember the 2017 World Series was the Astros and Dodgers. Yeah. Game seven. Every off-speed pitch you Darvish threw in that first inning was completely rocked. And the Astros tried to say that he was tipping their pitches. He was tipping off his pitches. There was no way. Even as a pitcher myself, I could not see a single uh, motion that replicated he was going to throw an off-speed versus a fastball. I I, I called BS on that from the get-go. It didn't seem right at all. It seemed really suspicious, and now with all these new accusations coming to light, and also their, uh, the Astros' assistant general manager of last year having a really inappropriate outburst against female reporters about uh, Roberto Asuna, it, the Astros are just in, in – they're not in a good situation right now to try to say it, you're innocent. Yeah, and it really sucks after, you know, when they won the World Series after all those floods in Houston and what 
you know, bringing yeah. the title home meant to the city. It just sucks that it get it's getting spoiled by yeah, all and, this and outside I don't, stuff. I don't believe in taking away the World Series from them and giving it over to Dodgers. You know what? They want it. Maybe I, I don't have all the games on me, but they got to game seven for a reason. I guarantee there was a couple games that they won that they didn't do that. I, I'm not trying to go that far out. I'm, I'm not a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be that triggered about it. But the Astros scandal, we're waiting to hear what the commissioner comes out with. Uh, the Astros owner recently went to the owner's meeting at the MLB hosts with three police officers and said, nobody's allowed to talk to me unless it's baseball related. Nobody's allowed to talk about the scandal. So just trying to make himself look a lot better. Seems mature. A mature <laughs> yeah. thing to do. But like I said from the beginning, we we're going to go over Colin Kaepernick workout. And this one was a doozy as he had everything handed to him to go practice in the Atlanta Falcons facility. Then there's a liability issue. He wants his own team to do the video recording of the workout, not the NFL, because he's afraid the NFL is going to send the bad clips. My first question already, if the NFL is going to make up the bad clips, it's not like they're making things up. <laughs> you did that. <laughs> there's no yeah. problem with them sending that out because that is a part of the workout. Yep. And then he went to a high school about an hour away. And he decided to make a Nike commercial out of it, basically. Was this a publicity stunt? Am I, am I missing something? What were you guys' thoughts on the workout in general? I personally think that it probably was a publicity stunt by him. But as a result of it, he just ruined any chance he ever had of getting back in the NFL. Yeah, big time. I mean, it's one thing to be skeptical about the NFL and all. But, I mean, if you're really worried about them showing the bad stuff, it's like you said, he did that in the workout. Also, at that point, it's essentially like going to a job interview and basically telling the person who's interviewing you, oh, hey, we got to move this over to my house or something. (laughs) Yeah, we're going two hours away from the office. (laughs) Yeah. It just made no sense what he was trying to do. Yeah, I mean, if he really wanted the job, if he wanted to, you know, play football again for the National Football League, you know, you're clamoring to get back in this league, and then as soon as they give you the chance, you basically, you know, spit in their face. They give you a form that they give every player who works out to t- try out for a team, basically, you know, and he takes it a certain way. And I definitely think it was a publicity stunt. It doesn't seem, you know, the moves that he made were not of someone who is ready to be the starting quarterback of a franchise. I mean, like I said last week, no team's going to want to bring this attention to them, and, and he certainly didn't give them any reasons to want to bring him on. Yeah, and when his problem was he couldn't have his own video team record it, normally you would think, oh, he wants to get this workout sent out to the public as him showing that, hey, I can do this. This is the unedited, raw edition of it all. You would think he'd post it on social media or at least somebody would leak it. The only video that we got was him throwing a 50-yard pass Oh, great. An NFL quarterback can throw for 50 yards. Now he has an elite arm again. Like, no defenders on him. No no, nothing. It's basically just playing a game of catch of just go deep. I'm just going to go throw it to you. I yeah, I don't think it was ever an argument that he didn't have a strong arm. Well, yeah, but that was, that was the only – there was only one throw that he made that's actually made somewhat – some headlines. Yeah. That is it. Where's the rest of the video? With no defense on the field, no, yeah. no rushers, no yeah, pressure. It's, it's one thing, at least set up like a seven-on-seven. Seven. Yeah. At least do something like that. And it, I mean, Eric Reed was in attendance. Have him go out there and do it. If, he's, if you're going to consider him as his, uh, their buddies, why not go out there and guard a couple receivers? Yeah. You're out there anyways, why not? 
So, question now, does Kaepernick get signed anywhere now, or is he now the new starting quarterback for the Los Angeles Wildcats of the XFL? <laughs> I mean, at this point, he's definitely not going to the NFL. I think that's pretty well established even by the NFL, at least by a lot of the general managers. Even the XFL, I'm kind of wondering about now. <laughs> but, I mean, granted, they might take him just because they need – some sort of following, but I mean, I wonder about the XFL. I don't even know if Canada would touch him at this point. I don't know if, you know, Colin Kaepernick would even want to associate his name with the XFL or, or the CFL. Well, if he's <laughs> he's going to be complaining about not playing football and he's being denied. Well, here's another league that's playing football. Yeah. The, the, uh, the CFL, the Canadian Football League, uh, I think they offered him a contract multiple times. <laughs> he, uh, there was like a draft. He got drafted by one of the teams, and he just said no. And him versus Johnny Manziel would have been a lights-out mashup. <laughs> oh, I would have loved to have seen that. Prime time, baby. <laughs> Being um, coached by Freddie Kitchens or Dan Quinn, I whichever one. I wanted to mention this last week, since we're talking about the XFL. Uh-huh. Uh, did you hear about Pat McAfee? Yes. He has unlimited access to the That's whole great. field. Oh He's like, God. I'm going to be in the huddle talking <laughs> to the quarterback. <laughs> Pat McAfee is one of the most interesting uh, sport personalities in in the media right now because of the unfilteredness, just like our podcast. Um, but he has some sort of moxie to him that makes him like a must-listen. I'm not somebody to go out and listen to a ton of uh, sports analysts who have been into majors just because they, a lot of them tend to sound cocky about whatever they're talking about. Like, for instance, Ryan Hollins with ESPN. He makes some of the boldest takes out there, and his analysis is at maybe a third-grade level. But Pat McAfee, he brings, he makes it fun. He does. And he has that on-field experience. Yeah. A lot of the analysts, you know, have just been watching sports their whole lives. It's not like they've been down in the situation as his players. So I mean, when he was the puncher and Peyton Manning was that quarterback, he was basically in the sidelines the whole time, so he's going right back to his natural habitat. Yeah, I mean, there's... There's a great video from his podcast that he talks about. I won't go into the whole thing, but talks about how he almost potentially ran a play to throw a touchdown Yeah, pass. the oh, C-gap. Paul Amalu lined right up in the C-gap, and I told him, I'm not throwing it. <laughs> so we are kicking it. We are kicking the ball. Stop it. <laughs> Have you ever seen his – Um, he did a stand-up show, I think maybe a couple years ago. Have you seen it? no. But whenever I think of him doing stand-up, and whenever I hear his voice, I always think of Tom Mater from the movie Cars. The voice is somewhat similar. Am I wrong about that? You're saying he sounds like uh, Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, thank you. That's who I was trying to go after. <laughs> he does. He kind of has the same tone. Uh, I don't know. I would have to. Is that far-fetched? I mean, he's from West Virginia. It's yeah, southern I mean, type thing. So. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. He definitely has the energy. Oh, he That's does. He really does. Yeah, he really. Yeah, it, I'm happy at Barstool Sports picked him up out of all companies of. Them just being unfiltered about it all. Yeah, but is mm-hmm. it isn't it kind of weird that it's not uh, that he wasn't from New England and he's working for Bar- uh, Barstool Sports? I would have thought that company just hires anybody for, uh, from New England. I can't speak on that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, they're they're biased towards that. And, <laughs> I mean, I, I could be biased towards. Well, them. We, we're all biased towards things, but as I an mean, organization, New England based only, it, that's well, a little McCaffey rough. McCaffrey played for the Colts and they hired him. So I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah you are right. right there. All right, well, I, I have one thing to report, and I, I do apologize to all the viewers out there. Calvin, 
I didn't get you your Popeye's chicken sandwich. I, I, I'm so disappointed. I, I, I was looking forward to it. I'm, I just might cry now. I, I apologize <laughs> times infinity as right now I'm having some car troubles. I'm ba- I barely got here. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but anyways. I made it in for you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, I, I, pu- I pushed the car all the way in just to make sure I can be here for this. And speaking about culture changes, we're, we're going to do something different here on the Three Bro Sports Podcast today. Now, we have our first call-in interview. Uh, he is known to be opinionated, prickly. He f- worked for ESPN 930 in Delaware before it shut down because, God forbids, we need a sports station in, in the state of Delaware. And now he's the host of the In the Huddle with Coach Muddle show on TV Delmarva. I'm also the intern for the show. It's Coach Muddle. Coach, how are you doing today? Good. How you guys doing? Uh, doing pretty well. So normally this podcast, we, we like to go uh, more fact-based about everything, but we, have a, we know you're a big New York fan, so we have a couple questions just regarding New York in general and some of the players. And Brett, you got to start off here. Yeah, I got a good one to fire off at you. It's got to do a little bit with the Giants, uh, a little bit of a funny question as well. So here we go. If you had to rob a bank with three other Giants players, who are you going with and why? Man, who am I going with and why? Uh, current players, uh, former players, I mean... Uh, I can say you can go with both. and I'll give you a little more to work with. A little more to work with. Um, it may not be a good geez. thing. <laughs> Put you right on the spot. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got to pick three guys. Yeah, three guys. I got to pick three guys. You got to rob a bank with them. Uh... Really, I think I only need one. Just one, okay. <laughs> Just one. Yeah, you know, I'm bringing Lawrence Taylor with me because everybody's going to want autographs with him, and he's going to occupy everybody while I just walk in, take the money, and leave. Smart that's, answer. That's a good idea. And I've also heard you've had a little bit of a, a background with Lawrence Taylor. Care to elaborate on it a little bit? Uh, you know, yeah. You know, LT and I go back a little ways. Uh, <laughs> back in the day. Uh, he gave me a ride home and damaged his car in my driveway. So that was uh, that's my big uh, my big LT uh, story. Well, Porsche nine eleven, as a matter of fact. Yeah, well, so. at least you had a, a really interesting story about. Uh, so, like, what happened? Like, did anybody get mad with the damage about it? Anybody find out? Uh, yeah, well, you know, LP just got out, you know, he kind of brushed the marks off the, off his car and, and went on with his day. But I kind of told him my dad was pissed off. My dad didn't even notice cause you know, there's tons of marks on the driveway anyway, but I had him come back the next day and gave him a can of spray paint and autographed the driveway. That is legendary. <laughs> <laughs> Calvin, what you got? All right. Somewhat serious, I guess. Well, yes, serious. So, Daniel Jones has been doing pretty well this year, and it's starting to look like the future replacement for Eli Manning. So, I'm curious to know what your thoughts were when he was drafted. Uh, well, he was drafted uh, probably 11 picks too early, and you left the pass rusher on the table, and as you, as you see with the, what the Giants are doing, they can't get to the quarterback, so they can't win football games. So uh, they needed a pass rusher before a quarterback. So he would have been there at 17. I think he would have been there at pick five or six in the first round, whatever it was, or second round, excuse me. 
uh, he still would have been there. Yeah, that's that's tough to it's tough to figure out if that's the right move or not. But I mean, right now, fifteen touchdowns, eight interceptions. I don't care. I, I don't care. I don't care if he had twenty. He has twenty six touchdowns and no interception. You're not winning football games, and that's what it's about. You need it. You need a pass rusher to first and foremost, and you don't have that. So you can't. You can't get to the quarterback. You're not going to be able to win games. I don't care how many points you put on if you can't stop somebody. So that that's the issue. He would have still been there. That's that's the that's the point. It's not hard to tell. It's fact. No other team had Daniel Jones rated that high, so he would have been there. Yeah, you got baited. You got baited by gossip from another team and and picked and pulled the gun too early, or pulled the trigger. Excuse me. So. <laughs> yeah, it, it's always a tough decision to um, weigh in about because you can't go. There's no time machine to go back. It whatever yeah. happened happened. It, it you're gonna have to live on with it, but. Uh, my biggest question for you as a New York fan is we know how the market is in New York. It's win now. Fans are happy. If you're not winning, uh, what are you doing there? You should just uh, pack your bags and left. So well, with- shouldn't that be in any city? I mean, that, that your fan, your fan base, it's, it's, you know, in any, any, whatever fan of team you are, you want, you want them to win. You don't, you don't get up every morning and go, oh, all right, we're going to be 0 and 16. Well, that, that's you know. Well, some markets are more lenient on a rebuilding team if they I see know. the progress. Out there in Sacramento, you guys are all puffing the peace pipe and kumbaya and don't really care. But you know, in real markets and real places, uh, fans want to win. All right. Well, New York, out of all markets, is one of the toughest ones to be in, especially if your team isn't up to par. And you've been very vocal on how the Giants and Jets have been this year. And just regarding their future, do you see things turning around within the next three to five years? Or do you think that there has to be a complete, utter rebuild again with both of these organizations? I think it's not. I mean, the talent... Uh, it depends. Like the Giants, I honestly, I just think that you, you, your general manager and your coach need to go. Your coach is a loser. He hasn't won anywhere. He's got no credentials, and he's proving that. So, but the Giants owner has no backbone, so he will allow this to go on for another year because of those numbers you threw out and how well Daniel Jones is doing behind a subpar offensive line and a defense that is horrendous. You know, high school teams can score against that defense. That's how bad it is. But they are going to need a new general manager and a new coach within the next three to five years. And the Jets are just the Jets. They've been a dumpster fire since 1970 and haven't looked back. Um and their coach is another loser, has not done anything. He got the job because his friend Peyton Manning called the owner and autographed a football for him or something and got that job. And he's proven that, you know what, great, I can beat bad teams, but I can't I can't do anything. And he's got a, way more talent than the Giants do all, on that team and can't win with it. So he, he's, he should be gone at the end of this football season. Yeah, but it probably won't happen. 
No, I, I agree fully with you on that, especially Adam Gase. He's shown he, he can't be a head coach anywhere. All right, Coach, I know you're a busy man. I'll, I'll be letting you go. I just got one little question for you. I, I don't know if you're going to take this as a moral victory or not. How, how are you feeling about Odell playing so subpar in Cleveland after trading him? Uh, hey, the writing was on the wall. You knew you you saw it. He was a cancer, and the Giants needed to get rid of him. At least they got value for him. A lot of teams deal with the headache, and they walk in free agency. So at least the Giants got some return on him. And you know, and he, he, let me tell you, Odell is sorry that he's in Cleveland because no one's talking about him. He was in the biggest media market in the world, in New York, and now he's in Cleveland. And that's what happens when you go to New York, you run your mouth and don't produce, you get sent to Cleveland. Yeah, I fully agree with you. Coach, thank you so much for coming on for the podcast, being our inaugural uh, guest caller. Also, I just want to throw it out there to all the viewers. You can catch Coach Muddle and myself uh, every Wednesday on the Wednesday wrap-up, Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 11 Eastern on TV Delmarva. You can look it up on Facebook, Coach Muddle on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Coach, anything else you want to add? No, thanks for the plug, man. I appreciate it, guys. Good luck and uh, enjoy being on. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much, thanks, Coach. Coach. Thank you. All right. Take care. And that was Coach Moto for you guys. As you can tell, like I said in the beginning, uh, he's very opinionated. Some would say possibly a little prickly. But you got to love the guy. He, he speaks his mind, and he, he, he is right on a lot of topics, just not about my Sacramento Kings and how we do things. That, 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 that hit home a little too hard. But when we brought in Cleveland, it's time for us to switch segments to the Toilet Bowl matchup. Now, uh, this toilet is completely flooded. It is clogged up really bad. It's almost as if uh, a real big dude just went to Chipotle and had about five big burritos and two burrito bowls. Get the plunger, boys. Yeah, yeah you better get it's that plunger. <laughs> <laughs> as it's not just one matchup this week. It's two toilet bowl matchups. That is we should be celebrating that, That's that we get to cover it. Senior. <laughs> <laughs> As it is the Miami Dolphins and the Cleveland Browns and the Detroit Lions and the Washington Redskins. Now, it's weird to put Detroit into this. Well, I think we'll start off with their matchup versus the Redskins first because Detroit, starting off the year, they looked pretty good when they had Stafford around. But after Stafford's injury, they're now 3-6-1. and one. Uh, I don't see where they're going with this team. It just seems like they're okay with mediocrity, but the team's not even performing mediocre. mediocre. Like It doesn't make sense. It To me, it kind of seems like with the Lions, the season ended after the first few weeks. Cause, like, you know where it really ended? The Monday right. night game against Green Bay, where Trey Flowers got called for uh, the, uh, I believe he hit Rodgers or he had a holding call. That was completely not needed. It was it, it was so uh, off. Yeah. He got called for it twice, and mm-hmm. Green Bay was able to win off a game-winning touchdown because of that. That's where everything went downhill for Detroit. They never bounced back because they would have gone 3-1-1, one, and one, but they went 2-2-1, two, two, and one, and everything just fell downhill from there. It just amazes me to see how this team's fallen off because, you know, five weeks in the year, we're talking about this team being, like, the team in the NFC North because Green Bay wasn't doing that great at the beginning. They started off hot, but they were the second team. Yeah. The Vikings weren't doing too great. I'm sorry about that, Brett. The the start wasn't great, (laughs) but they turned it around, yes. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, we were even talking about them being like the biggest surprise of the year. And now, I mean, I'd want to call them a disappointment, but it's like the surprise was so short lived. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they just started out hot and they've really fizzled out. That's pretty much the story of the Detroit Lions almost every year. I mean, they have promising moments, but they can never seem to put it together. And definitely losing uh, Matthew Stafford doesn't help, but I don't think that that team is really doing much, even with him there. Um, It's basically just stat padding. It's like a Russell Westbrook type thing of he's going to get his numbers for your fantasy team, and after that... Because he's the only person on the team that can do anything, really. Well, (laughs) Kenny Galladay... He's yeah. good. Yeah, he but is that, that, solid. Megatron Jr. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. I'll never forget, I started investing him in fantasy in about uh, 2015 because all the reports kept coming out saying, oh, this guy's the next big thing. And yeah. I got him 2015, 2016, and 2017 and did absolutely nothing for me all three years. And I give up on him for the 2018 season, and I picked Marvin Jones instead. That's the one year Galladay decided to go off. So he, he was waiting for me not to draft him. He had like a list. He, he kept saying, all right, Bergen. Nope, nope, he didn't draft me. All right, I'm going for it. <laughs> My time to shine. <laughs> but uh, for Detroit, they're going up against Washington at one and nine. Uh, Dwayne Haskins yeah. is now begging his offensive line. What does he have to do for them to care? <laughs> what can I do to help you? No, help no, no. Help me help you. <laughs> Screw the score. <laughs> what can I do? I'm sorry, but at that point, if your quarterback is doing that to you... Like, and okay. a rookie. Yeah, like, it's one thing for a guy to call out teammates and stuff like that. That usually is bad, but watching the video of Dwayne Haskins talking to his O-line, yelling at him and everything, they just did not care at all. I'm like, if I'm a coach there, I am cutting all of those linemen at that point. Cause I'm like, you just do not care at all about winning or anything like that. Yeah, and the only guy that is somewhat talented on the offensive line is Trent Williams, but he can't play because he decides to hold out, then he can't pass his own physical. Well, I mean, yeah. if if they weren't if those linemen weren't behind Haskins in the first place, you know, if he comes up to you and tries to start giving you a motivational speech, it's kind of one of those like you don't want to listen to that person. I'm sure that we've all been in situations where someone who we don't want to take advice from or don't necessarily respect is trying to come at us and and motivate us or just say something that we don't want to listen to. They're already checked out mentally, well, so I don't know if it might just be one of those things where they were like, hey, come on, man, we're we're pretty much over this season already. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, if you're already down 14 uh, and you're a team that's 1-8 and eight at the time and your rookie quarterback is the one who has to go out there try to motivate you, you shouldn't be on the field in the first place. Yeah. No, you you shouldn't. shouldn't. Even if, no matter how bad the record is, if you're a professional football player getting paid almost millions of dollars, you should never have a negative uh, mindset when you're out there because you're tr- striving to get to that next level for you to get a bigger contract. What are you, Right now, this offensive line, they're going to be sent with Colin Kaepernick to the Wildcats in the XFL well, if that's how they want to keep playing. Yeah, I mean, the best players and the best teams know that, you know, any team can win on any given Sunday. So, yeah. you know, just to go out there and exp- – I'm not saying this is what happened, but, you know, to be – have such a poor record than to be losing to the Jets. It's got to be got to do a deal on your confidence, and you know, like I mean, I said, this you go, point, got to go out there and play. But uh, sorry for interrupting you, but no, it's okay. Point, <laughs> very polite of you. At this <laughs> point, it's got to like. I don't even know if they realize they're playing for their jobs. You're one in nine. Your chances of making the playoffs are all but done. 
So at this point, they're not looking at like, okay, how can we fix this season? You're, they're looking at who are we keeping for next year. And if you got an attitude like that, you're gone. Yeah, <laughs> as Kent Murphy likes to say, you gone. <laughs> but why? I, I don't. I don't know why. I'm throwing it all on the line. I got Washington winning this game. I want to like just say what I, you're I, saying because you're right about this every time. I mean, I I didn't expect you know the Redskins and Jets game to be you know the way it was. I didn't expect the Jets to win so badly, but maybe I should just go with yours since you've been perfect. On no, this no, I don't much. want you to start doing that. Now it's too much pressure on me. Have you been perfect <laughs> on all twelve matchups so far? Uh, as of right now, yeah, I'm two zero. Yeah. I got I had the Jets and I had the Redskins. Yeah. Or no, I had the Jets. I had the Jets both times. Sorry. But yeah, I, you went with those Jets after talking about Adam Gase pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> you went with the Jets both be, weeks. Like my it, thing was <laughs> is, he helped them out. <laughs> my thing was is a head coach can't make a dumpster fire five times worse. It's already on fire. What another match isn't going to do anything to it. Yeah. And they still have Adrian Peterson. Uh, they have that rookie receiver. I'm probably going to mess his name up. Uh, McLaurin. I may, maybe thinking of the fa- uh, the fancy car, but it's close enough. Vernon Davis is your tight end. Dwayne Haskins. If he was so motivated for that game, this could be one of those games where he puts everything on his shoulders and he does anything in his capabilities. I mean, the last game, at least he had a good touchdown-interception ratio, 2-1. to one. I mean, it's not the world's greatest, but also with an offensive line doing that bad, he easily could have just thrown one touchdown and four picks. So, uh, for some reason, I got to go Washington on it. What, what are you guys going with? I got to take the Redskins. Just now, is there bias because I'm saying this? No, there honestly isn't. But because my thing is, Washington at least has their starting pieces there. Detroit doesn't, and without them, like in particularly Matt Stafford, they have looked terrible, like absolutely terrible. And yeah, there's probably going to be more Lions fans in that stadium than there are Redskins fans. Oh, no doubt. But this is just one of those games where I feel like the Lions are down. All the Redskins have to do is pretty much kick them while they're down. Yeah. Grant, I'm not sure if they can, but my bet is they are. Yeah. Brett? I'm going Lions. No, I, I applaud you for that because that, that's the logical yeah, way to go with it. One of us has got to do it, man. But, you know, just I, I, I can't pick the Redskins again after this past week. You know, they really dookied the bed. Yeah, they I'm did. Keep this they did. Rated. They did. Um, I agree with you. Yeah. And, and Maybe PG-13 after just, Coach's interview. Yeah, yeah I really. see them putting it together. I'm going to go with the Lions this week. They may be down um, their starting quarterback, but I don't, you know, their defense has shown glimpses of being playing pretty well. So I think you put Dwayne Haskins against them, and I, I mean, the team is obviously not behind him very much, no. or at least the offensive line isn't. So Yeah, well, let's, let's see about it. I mean, we've gone so much into this first one. Well, there's still some extra duty left in that toilet that we got to go over, and that's the Miami-Cleveland game. Now, this one, it, it, it qualifies for the Toy Bowl matchup based on Cleveland was supposed to be a team going to the AFC Championship. Based the Dolphins on. are supposed to still be winless, too. Yeah. <laughs> but the Dolphins have won two out of their last three. I understand it's against the Colts that had Brian Hoyer starting and the Jets, and your loss was to Buffalo. Still, that's two wins. It's the NFL. They're professional athletes. If you beat them, that's still an accomplishment no matter what. And Cleveland losing Miles Garrett after that brutal incident, I don't know how much 
we want to go into that. Cause I don't think there's anything that we can say that hasn't already been said. No. Yeah. The only thing I can really add in is an NFL helmet is weighs six pounds, and a regular brick weighs five pounds. So basically, you just smashed a brick on someone's head. Yeah. And all you can really say is you could have killed him. So You really could have. You know. It Nothing else we can is. go about that. But without <laughs> their their best player on the team, uh, it's not Odell. It's Miles Garrett. It was the first overall pick, and he's produced. He had ten sacks yeah. before uh, he decided to make this boneheaded move. Right? Is could this be a kick in the groin for Cleveland coming off of this that they're just not up to par without Garrett? Things just don't seem right together. I, Are you guys getting any type of the vibes like that, or do you think it's still a blowout? I don't think that. Uh, I think the Browns are going to win this game. I think that yeah. it's going to be one of those. We're not going to let this, you know, like you said, boneheaded act, you know, reflect the whole team. So we're going to, you know, do what we can to try to put this behind us and just play football like we know how to play it. And you know, they don't have the toughest of oppo- opponents this week, even though the Dolphins are playing well. It's certainly ideal to play a team like the Miami after an event like this happening. It kind of gives you a moment to kind of get your get your stuff together. So. I, I got to go with Browns on this one. No, I'm with you on that. I, I'm going Browns, too, and just to even make it uh, as a score, I got Cleveland 24, Miami 10. Yeah, I'm going to take the Browns as well on this. I feel like an instant like that could help bring a team together. It's, I mean, it's the instant it's bigger than football at this point. It's something that shouldn't have happened. So I could definitely see the Browns being like, oh, we don't want this to reflect the team or anything. And, yeah, it's – the Dolphins are not the best team in the NFL. I do think it'll probably be close, probably a one-score game. My guess is either 24-17, 24-20, give or take. Yeah, it, it, it could be a really close one. And speaking of a game that's going to be close tonight as we begin to start wrapping up this episode, Thursday night is the Colts versus Houston. Uh, Vegas has Houston winning uh, by over three. Uh, the Colts already beat Houston this week or in week seven. Also, just a little interesting fact, uh, the Colts have beaten uh, the Texans five out of the last six times they've played each other in Houston, and all of them were a one-possession game. All of them were one possession or less. So, the Colts don't have Marlon Mack, and we know how that team plays without when they lose one of their key guys. And I'm not talking just Andrew Luck. When Brissett was in as starter, if they lost Hilton or if they lost Mack or if they lose Brissett, things start faltering off. Who do you guys got? I got the Texans. I mean, yeah, I think both teams are pretty good, but the Colts, it's like you said, they are down Marlon Mack, and I feel like the Texans are just a little bit better team on paper. But their last matchup against Baltimore was almost humiliating. Yeah, but I'm like, you can't define a team by one game in particular. No, I agree. Plus, Baltimore is a really good team this year. I agree. I think they might be the most underrated team in the NFL, but... I mean, Houston is still that team that I could see, like, they have the talent to at least make a run. Oh, they do. Well, here was a little interesting fact as well. I'm sorry, I know you were about to go in, but um, whoever wins this game, it is a 76% chance that they will win the division because this is a crucial AFC South game. Brett, who do you got for this game? Sorry. I'm going to go with the Colts on this one. Um, Do we know for sure if Brissett is playing in this game? Yes, he is. He's in. Yeah, then I'm definitely going to say the Colts. Um, yeah, coming off an injury, he might be a little slow to get back into the action. But overall, I just think that the Colts are a better coach team. I think that their defense is solid. Um, 
and I wouldn't say that the Texans' offensive line is is perfect now after being so poor last year. It's definitely improved, mm-hmm. um, bringing Tunsil in and drafting some guys. But I got to go with the Colts on this one. I just think that they're a better team. I think that Houston has allowed teams that they maybe should have beaten hang around longer than they should have. And I'm just going to go with the Colts just based on the coaching, based on the defense, and based on having – Jacoby Brissett back. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but I'm sorry you're going to be the lone one today on the, project, on the predictions. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm going to be go- with Calvin on this. I'm going to go with Houston on the basis of they just got completely blown out by Baltimore, and it's a short week. They need to prove something now because Indi- Indianapolis is st- stuck around. They're a great team, but without Mac, you need to take advantage of this because they have the, the, the record shows. They cannot win without one of those three players. And if uh, Quinn Nelson, their left tackle, ever went out, oh my, I'd be scared to see how the Colts team plays because he's basically carrying the offensive line by himself. He's like three guys out there. Brissett, you better not make me regret this. I'm coming <laughs> down to Lucas Oil and we're going to have a talk. <laughs> we'll grab out a camera. We'll record that. We'll put it onto our YouTube channel, which we're actually trying to work on as of right now. Just three rows sports. If you looked it up on YouTube, we're there. Just no videos have been uploaded just yet. Just yet. <laughs> as we have a camera right over here to my left. <laughs> um, but that's going to do it for tonight's episode. Uh, I'm Connor. I'm Calvin. I'm Brett. And you guys know, I always do end it off with a Tom Brady fun fact, but for this episode, I'm going to step back from it as I, I found a new form that I'd like to finish this off, and it's poetry. I, I have a little poem for you guys. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. I'm so ready. Roses are red. Your mother's a nice lady. Anybody can easily replace Tom Brady. Thoughts? Any thoughts? No. I don't know. I don't don't know what to say. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next Thursday as well. And also big news will be coming up next episode as well. Take it easy. Three Bros Sports would like to thank Anchor FM for sponsoring this podcast and Benjamin Tissot on bensound.com for the amazing intro, outro music.